Hey, what's going on, sports fans? It's your boy Antoine Smith Smith. As we tune into another episode of the Sports Machine, I want to welcome y'all to the show. And we got a lot to talk about, man. We're going to talk Rob Gronkowski's retirement. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit NCAA basketball. And, you know, I got to jump into some more NFL topics because, man, I got a lot of things on my mind. I may also dive into a little Falcons football. But before I get started, man, y'all go ahead and check me out on social media at FatBoySlam underscore 21 on Twitter. Again, that's FatBoySlam underscore 21 on Twitter. Uh, Antoine on Instagram, that's A-N, the number 2-W-O-N on Instagram. As I provide you with some, you know, top photos to go to my links on my social media pages. Check out my blog, because I like to write, too. I'm on WordPress.com, Smitty Sports Machine. Because, uh, hey, sometimes you got to get it off the chest and you ain't got to say it. Just write it down, man. Just write it down. And trust me, man, when I write, you know, I give it to you raw. I don't try to sugarcoat nothing because, I mean, what's the point of sugarcoating something if, you know, if you're going to have to <laughs> go back and change your story and that's something that I'm not going to do because when I say it, I mean it. Like I said with my chest. But let's get a little bit into you know Rob Gronkowski. Um he announced his retirement from the NFL. So the question that I had on my on my um YouTube was uh is he a first ballot hall of famer? Y'all can go to my YouTube channel and check out my thoughts on that. But to give you some quick thoughts about it, um, and give you an outline of what I was talking about, just uh, him being a Hall of Famer, uh, I think it's, you know, is you know, if he questioned, you know, yes, he put up great numbers. Yes, he has, you know, three Super Bowl rings. And he, you know, if he had to keep playing maybe another two to three years, uh, he's a shoe-in. If you look at the numbers, uh, yes, I think he should get in. And one person's career I would, you know, compare it to. And he's not a tight end, he's a wide receiver. Uh, Michael Irvin uh, suffered a devastating neck injury uh, in 1999. And if you look at his numbers compared to Rob Gronkowski's numbers, um, they're very similar. Even though Gronk has more touchdown receptions, uh, the numbers are eerie similar. So if you just go by that alone, yes, he gets in. Now, I've seen people say, you know, no, he doesn't get in. Uh, but because he didn't play long enough uh, and I've even heard people say injuries, you know, may derail him from getting in first ballot. There's no doubt that he's going to get in, but first ballot is just another level type player. That means you have Hall of Fame written all over you, you know, from your playing days. But if Michael Irvin got in, you know, with the neck injury, and we all know, you know, Michael Irvin wasn't a 100 catch, you know, tight receiver. 
Yes, he, you know, yes, he put up thousand yard seasons, but it was his impact on the game, and that alone is the reason why Rob Gronkowski probably should get in. You know, he had impact on the game. You know, he was loved by fans. He was a fan favorite, and he was respected by his NFL peers, which I think is more important than anything. So. He announced it via Instagram, and, you know, a lot of his former teammates, uh, say LeGarrette Blount, uh, Tom Brady, they put up pictures and, you know, saying what a joy it was, you know, for to play with him, you know, during his career in New England. Um, to be honest, I knew it was coming, and that's why, you know, I seen, that's why I did the video, because uh, I think it, it, you can see it in his body language. Uh, that he was a shell of, of himself. And he just wasn't the same Rob Gronkowski. He was hampered by leg injuries, uh, back injuries, which uh, he actually came into the league with when he was drafted, you know, back in 2010. So, if you look at, you know, the injuries, you know, from the jump, you know, it was probably a foregone conclusion that uh, that would probably be his demise and his way out of the NFL. But nonetheless, uh, Rob Gronkowski has retired at the young age of 29. Yes, he was a young kid when he came in, but uh, maybe uh, <laughs> he can do a couple of more dances after retirement. Uh, I think he'll have some things lined up. I can see he's a very colorful person, so I can see him on, you know, a network sports show. Uh, he even got an offer from WWE last year. So, I could just, you know, I think he'll be just fine during retirement. And if you don't remember, um, he um, was offered a contract by WWE uh, last year. And the year before, actually. So, that could definitely be in his future. I could see him wrestling. Uh, as I know that he has a back injury, so... We'll see how the doctor clears that and how that plays out if he decides to do that. But those are my quick thoughts on Rob Gronkowski. When I get back, we're going to talk NCAA basketball. Uh, my surprises, my disappointments, you know. I'm going to give y'all my thoughts and then we're going to go ahead to the Sweet 16. I'll be right back. Y'all stay tuned then. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike Patton, a.k.a. The General, SportsAwakening.com, and you're tuned in to Smitty Sports Machine and my boy, Antoine Smitty Smith. Hey, what's going on? I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, good people. Back on the sports machine, man. Y'all know how I get down. But um, before I go on to the NCAA tournament, I got a couple of thoughts from some of my supporters on the sports machine. My good friend Remy Yates. Um, 
on the Rob Gronkowski retirement. He said he's a little bit mixed emotions about it. And um, which I could understand because uh, when you're a great player, man, sometimes it's hard, you know, for <clears throat> people to give a true opinion. Remy said he's still mixed in his opinion. And he don't think Ross deserves to be first ballot. And I could I can totally understand that simply because um you had to take into account the injuries uh that he suffered. Uh you know that probably shortened his career, which could have been much greater had he had played longer. And um if Rob Gronkowski plays at least three more seasons to four more seasons. Uh, he would probably have close to 100 touchdowns, and he would be a shoe-in to get into the Hall of Fame. But when your career is cut short, say like a Terrell Davis or, you know, Kellen Winslow due to injuries, uh, a lot of people would say you would have to wait, you know, because there are players that finish their career, play their entire career, balled out, they're still not in. And I could give you a prime example. Uh, we've been arguing on social media back and forth that uh, Steve Atwater is one of the one of those players that should already be in, you know, in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Uh, John Lynch got, you know, on the battle a couple of years ago, and he nearly got in, and Steve Atwater is still nowhere near the Hall of Fame. I don't know why they're holding him out, and I don't agree with it, but we will see, you know, how far this goes, because um, Eric Berry, we don't know how much longer he'll play. But if Eric Berry gets in before Steve Atwater, we will definitely have a problem. Not saying, not taking away from Eric Berry's uh, career, but Steve Atwater is one of the best safeties ever played the game, in my opinion. Uh, Brian Dawkins got in. Uh, he's a great safety. So, you know, Steve Atwater is in that, in that class. So, we will see how that works out. And um, hopefully... It works out for the best. Uh, I have another um, comment about Rob Gronkowski. comes from my good buddy, Andrew Moore. Um, If y'all haven't heard of Andrew Moore, uh, he has a pro football group on um, Facebook called Pro Football Chat. Uh, There's a lot of former players that join in on the conversation. And, you know, he's been one of my best supporters since I started this five years ago. So I've been knowing him for a little bit over five years. And he's been supporting me since day one. And I thank him for that. But he had some good thoughts. And he made a very valid point, you know, about Rob Gunkowski. And I want y'all to take a look. Listen to this. Take him, take it to the house. Yeah, to me, he 
career stats like Tony Gonzalez and Gates and shit, but yeah, he's the best. There you have it, man. And he made a very valid point. Um, he was a number. He was just as deadly as a number one receiver playing tight end. Uh, and he also stated that twenty touchdowns in one season. Uh, Robert Gronkowski could have done that, and I definitely agree. Uh, he also said, you know, his numbers will not be as great as some of the tight ends, but in the NFL and in any sport, sometimes it's just your impact on the game, and you know how you impact the football game. If you impact the football game in a way that no other player, you know, that's played before you or during the time that you're playing has, uh, you know, you're damn right. You, you're going to be the great and you're going to be in that conversation. Um, now, we're talking about tight ends like Kellen Winslow, as I stated earlier, um, Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, players like that. But let me give you another example of a tight end you know, that had a great career, but would probably never get the recognition that he deserves. And that's uh, Dallas Clark, you know, former tight end of the Colts. Dallas Clark was probably one of the most, you know, underrated tight ends that I've ever seen play. And not only because he played with Peyton Manning, he had a great offense. That's not the case. Dallas Clark was a tight end that could also run routes, uh, was a threat in the red zone, and put up very decent number throughout his career. But I doubt if he'll ever get the recognition that Rob Gronkowski and those other tight ends have. So that's my case for being an impact on the game. So I totally agree with what Andrew says. You know, he will probably, you know, be known as the greatest, not because of numbers, but because of his threat of on the field and his impact on the game. Now, I totally agree. 20 touchdowns, you know, that's not far-fetched because uh, Rob Gronkowski was just that dangerous. He was just that dangerous. And um, that's my final thought on the Rob Gronkowski thing. I thank them for tuning in. Yeah, so that's how I see that shaking up. Um, I got a little bit off subject, but I got to take another break. And I promise I will be back with the NCAA tournament right after this. What's going on? It's your man, Raphael Haynes, a.k.a. Mr. Controversy. Did you miss me? It's a must that you keep it locked here on the Sports Machine Podcast. My man, Smitty Smitty. Yeah. Hey, I'm back. I'm back. Back once again for the NCAA tournament segment. NCAA tournament has been, you know, been a good one so far. A couple of upsets. And this year, Cinderella seems to be UC Irvine, who's been playing pretty good the first couple of games. And if you haven't been following, uh, UC Irvine, uh, they seem to have everything in place. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, they just had a drive in the wheel. Uh, they come out the big. They come out of the Big West, who's not known, you know, for strong teams. But they seem to be, you know, they just seem to have everything clicking at the right time. And one thing I like that the what the NCAA did this year with the seedings, um, they put a lot of mid-major schools and a lot of small schools. In the top half, like in the top 
eight, seven to eight range instead of down at thirteen to sixteen, uh, which I think has gave given them better matchups, you know, throughout the tournament. And I think switching it up a little bit, I think it's made the tournament a little bit more exciting. Another team that uh, seems to be have everything rolling uh, after they slid by in the first round, uh, Auburn. Auburn is now in the Sweet 16. Uh, they will face North Carolina this weekend. So I think that would be a great game, you know, because uh, North Carolina is rolling. And if anybody will stop them, uh, they have to be a team just like Auburn, who's very physical on the inside and can crash the boys pretty good. Uh, Kentucky is rolling right along also. Uh, the Wildcats seem to be getting back into the swag of things. Uh, even though they're missing one of their best players, uh, I think he may miss the tournament, even though he'll be examined this week. I still think uh, he'll be he'll be out for this whole tournament. Uh, Wofford gave... Um, Wofford gave, gave Kentucky all they could handle in that run. Like I said, Kentucky has gotten their swag back. But that game against Kentucky, I think uh, it lets me know that uh, Coach Cal really doesn't know what he have. Because if he had used you know, a little bit more of his size in that game, I think, um, I think Kentucky would have easily won that game. But they didn't use their size. They tried to, you know, run more fast breaks and use their athleticism more than their size. Uh, they pulled it out, but if they try that in the next round, I think Kentucky may go home. Another thing, you know, with Kentucky, um, I think the run and done rule will probably hurt them down in the long run. Oof. Man, there's some great games coming up. Uh, let me dig into another one right quick. Duke slid by, and that's, that's right, I said slid by. But they cut, they came in within two inches of being eliminated. Florida, not Florida State, UCF, I'm sorry. They gave Duke all they could handle. And if you notice something with Duke, uh, they don't have a lot of size like in the past. Yes, they have Zion Williamson, but if he faces a seven-foot center or a little bit over seven feet, down the road or during this tournament, I think that team has a good chance of beating Duke because Duke couldn't handle uh, taco fall size. They couldn't control the lane. And if Duke can control the lane, you know they have a chance of beating you. Uh, That's Zion Williamson's strength. Even though he can shoot the jumper, his inside game is the most important part of his game. So, if Duke faces another 7-foot center, they may have problems down the road. LSU, another SEC team, you know, playing, they snuck by both games, but that's all you need to do is win by one point or two. I think uh, LSU needs to get, you know, more consistent scoring, you know, from the inside and shoot the three a little bit better. They can do that. LSU can be a dangerous team down the stretch. Florida State. Let's go Florida State. They played good the last two games, and as I said before, uh, Leonard Hamilton may be one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. He has a solid team year in and year out with Florida State, and is starting to get the recruits that he needs. 
you know, to make that a top-notch program. They beat out Murray State and freshman sensation Jay Morant, uh, who's probably going to be a lottery pick. My guess is top three. Uh, he had another great game of 28 points, but it wasn't near, near enough as Florida State dominated Murray State 90-62. to uh, Auburn, as I spoke of earlier, they're moving on to the Sweet 16 also. Uh, they beat Kansas 89-75. And don't look now, but Bill Self may, you know, may have trouble recruiting down the road because it seems like the talent is spreading out more which is making it a bit more competitive. Michigan Wolverines beat the Florida Gators 64-49. Uh, Michigan is another team that uh, thrives on defense and can turn it over and turn a fast break faster than any team in the nation. Michigan might be another team that may end up in the Final Four. Uh, their counterpart over across the street, Michigan State. Beat Minnesota and beat them for the third time. 70 to 50. And Michigan State don't look now, but Tom Izzo is back up to his tricks again. Uh, nine times out of ten, Tom Izzo will give you a strong run in the tournament. And this year is no different. That's why every year I always pick Michigan State to make a good run simply because of Tom Izzo. Uh, North Carolina. Tar Heels. Like I said, they were playing Auburn. And uh, they're rolling right along as they blew out Washington 81-59 in round two. UNC, I don't know how they lost that game to Duke. Uh, but UNC to me, and that's my team, and I'm not saying this because, I think Roy Williams, uh, I think he has that team ready to go. Uh, they're undersized in, in the front court. But I think they make up for it with their defense and their outside shooting. And UNC is one team to watch in, to beat in the Final Four. Another number one seed, Virginia. They beat Oklahoma 63-51. And um, let's see how far Virginia defense takes them. Uh, they started off sluggish shooting the ball from the field, but picked it up the second half and pulled away from Oklahoma. UNC Irvine, who I said was Cinderella earlier, they got eliminated by Oregon. And Oregon's without their, you know, freshman center bowl, bowl, son of a new bowl. But they're still finding a way to win, you know, with dominant rebounding and great defense. And they're also shooting good from long range. Houston, who's surprised of the tournament and maybe of the whole season, may be the surprise team to win it all. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Houston may be the first Maybe the surprise the sleeper to win the whole thing. They beat Ohio State 74-59. And Houston, they're taking it back to the days of Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Simpson and those guys. Uh, with dominant play in the front court. And they moved the ball very well on a high pick and roll. So look for Houston, you know, to put up more numbers. And I think they will be one of the teams to watch in the second half. I'm sorry, in the Sweet 16. Because, uh, hey, man, you just don't know these days, you know, how things are going to play out. Final team, Purdue, 87-61 over defending champion Villanova. Won a game game quite handily. Uh, Purdue ball movement is probably the best I've seen so far. 
I mean, they were, you know, on point with their wide open shots, a lot of catch and shoot shots. And you know they always had the big man that can play big inside. So Purdue, and I remember Gene Katie coached that team. Purdue is always tough no matter how far they make it because they are so put, well put together defensively. I mean, that's the strength of their game. And to slow down a team like Villanova who can shoot the rock, I mean, that says a lot about Purdue. But those are my quick thoughts on the NCAA tournament. I can't wait to see what the Sweet 16 has to bring this weekend. Like I said, there will be some great matchups this weekend. Uh, I'll give y'all a couple of them. Uh, Let's go Thursday. Florida State and Gonzaga. That should be a great game. And to be honest, I'm going to call upset with Florida State because I like their size and their length in the front court. I think it'll be too much for Gonzaga. So I'm going to take Florida State in that game. Texas Tech and Michigan. Another great game. Texas Tech can shoot shoot the rock well. And Michigan's full court press is maybe one of the best in college basketball. So we'll see who wins that matchup, offense versus defense. Tennessee, probably one of the best, you know, teams in the nation. Uh, They stayed at number one for a while, but they fell off toward the end of the season. Hopefully they can pick it up against the Purdue team, who I said has length in the front court and one of the great defensive teams in the nation. Number one, Virginia against number 12, Oregon. Will this be the shot that we've all been waiting for? I can't wait to see. Oregon can run, and I think... um, if a team is to beat Virginia, they have to beat that full court press and that tough defense. Virginia never scores enough, but against Oregon, they're going to have to or they're going to lose. I'm going to throw a toss-up in that game because it can go either way. Michigan State and LSU, another great game. Uh, LSU, like I said, been sliding by, but against Izzo, he can't do that. Michigan State has great ball movement, and Izzo will have those guys ready to play. Virginia taking Duke one more time. Virginia Tech actually beat Duke this year. So keep an eye out on this game to see if Duke gets knocked out. Kentucky. Kentucky and Houston. Like I said, Houston has. It's bringing back those old days of Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. So can Houston run with Kentucky? I think they can. Kentucky looked a little sluggish the last game, which is why I'm going to take Houston in this game. Yes, I said I'm going to take Houston over Kentucky. I'm a bit of a gambler. Not that kind of gambler, but when it comes to underdogs, I roll with it. So I'm taking Houston over Kentucky. Auburn USC, like I said earlier, USC, UNC is kicking, clicking on all cylinders. Roy Williams will have that team ready to go. So... I think UNC takes out Auburn. Kenny Smith will get to brag over Charles Barkley this time. So, hey, it is what it is. But those, like I said, those are my thoughts on the NCAA tournament. I'll be right back with the closing of the show. Give y'all my final thoughts. Be right back, my people. This is former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, big game, James Canada. And when I need to get my sports fix, 
I tune into Smitty Sports Machine. Hey, what's up, my good people? I'm back. Well, we've come to the end of another great episode. As I gave y'all my thoughts on Rod Gronkowski, you know, the NCAA tournament. I'd like to thank, you know, my buddies who support me in the sports world, Remy Yates and Andrew Moore. Thank them for coming in and giving me their thoughts. Um, make sure y'all go and check out Pro Football Chat on Facebook. That's Pro Football Chat on Facebook. Uh, a lot of great NFL topics. He uh, gives it to y'all raw and uncut. Uh, like I said, a lot of retired players uh, follow his group. Uh, you can talk to former NFL players in that group also. Uh, we always have a great time in there, man. I always have. Uh, Pro Football Chat on Facebook. So, to catch me on these sites... You know, I would love for y'all to subscribe to my YouTube page, Smitty Sports Machine on YouTube.com. Please subscribe, press the notification button, so y'all can get my videos as they drop. Check me out on Twitter where I post my blog, my YouTube page, and anything else, you know, sports related. That's Twitter.com, F-A-T-B-O-I underscore... I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Fatboy Slim underscore 21. F A T B O I S L I M underscore 21. Instagram, you can also find, you know, my couple photos, a couple pictures of me on Instagram at uh, Antoine, A N, the number 2, W O N. Last but not least, Check out my blog while I while I like to put my thoughts down on paper. Because sometimes you just can't express words with my some people just like to read. And sometimes I'm kinda of long-winded on paper, so hey. If you like great debates, Smith Sports Machine is where it's at. Like I said, I'd like to thank y'all for tuning in for another great episode. I catch y'all on the flip side, my good people, like I always say. Peace.